0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast as we roll on with LSU Florida Week previewing the top 10 matchup in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night. ESPN, 7 o'clock. We're going to have all your coverage on Go247.com for you guys. I'm Billy Emboddy. With me, me Shay Dixon, Sonny Ship. Let's go ahead and say hello to Sonny right off the bat. Sonny, how's the week going? Preparing for this Big five-seven matchup in Tiger Stadium.
1: Huge game, man. Huge game. It seems like uh, since the Texas, since uh, week two against Texas. At, uh, you know, it's been three games that everyone's just, you know, enjoyed looking at the offense. But now you actually have a uh, have a quality opponent coming up. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, what this offense can do against a uh, against a pretty good defense. And to see if uh, if LSU's defense steps up with some healthy bodies and uh, is able to continue what we saw last week in this. Uh, what will be certainly a lot of DBU matchup talk?
0: Shay Dixon, what about you, brother? Uh, no, you're getting amped up. We've been we've been blowing out a, a ton of recruiting updates. Uh, it, it's it keeps us busy on on weeks like like this.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is my this has been my busiest work week of the year, and I think for good reason. Obviously, the game warrants it, and uh, it's exciting. I mean, look the buzz around Baton Rouge. I feel like by Thursday, usually, um, you know, you start to feel all. Uh, everybody getting excited, everybody talking about setting up their tailgate and being out there all day. And then obviously Friday, uh, people are jutting out of work half days and uh, and trying to get on with things. So uh, this is up there, man. this is uh, I think people are as excited for the opponent and the matchup um, as they are excited, just as Sonny said to continue to see uh, this LSU team and then face, you know, the offense face a a good, respected defense, and obviously the defense go up against. Uh, an SEC opponent. They got a big win last week. So um, it's exciting. And, and like you said, look, you can go check out the visitor list on go Four Seven. but uh, it'll certainly be the best of the year. Definitely the best by, you know, so far, obviously. Um, but, you know, they've got some official visitors in. They'll have near 100 guys in probably on the unofficial visit list. And um, the majority of that group either already have offers or eventually will have an offer. So uh, from recruiting to fans to us, uh, in the media. I think that everybody's pretty amped for this one. It, uh, this is, this is why we cover it, right? Like, uh, or, or always says, this is why you come to LSU. Uh, this is why we cover LSU, uh, a big game like this. And, uh, it is Florida hate week. And I'll tell you what we said, it, Billy earlier this week on the podcast, but the players talked about how they hate Florida, Florida talks about how they hate LSU. It's not even considered trash talk. It's just like saying basic statements. And, uh, I know that, uh, LSU doesn't really have some permanent rival, but boy, I'd put Florida up there in that uh, that top group of teams that each year when the game rolls around, uh, the fan base gets excited for it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, you can see it on the boards. You can see it. Uh, you know, people are scoping out other threads on 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 the Florida board, looking for looking for that extra energy as far as uh, why to have that extra hate in their heart this week for the Gators. But it's fun, like you said. This is why we cover it. Uh, I'll be down in, in Miami with the, with the Redskins, but getting to get a look at uh, and you, and you and I talked about the, the, this earlier on the week uh, in the week, Shay, uh, Marcus Dumerville. So I'll be down watching him play some high school football while I'm down in that area with the, with the uh, uh, us hapless Redskins trying to get a, a win over the dolphins. But um, you guys will enjoy tiger stadium. It's going to be sold out college game day on campus. So you can't, you can't get much bigger than this. Like you guys said, and, and, we were awaiting the, uh, the guest picker news as well, which uh, earlier in the week we, we heard it would be Zion Williamson, which would kind of make sense, but looks like they're keeping whoever it is under wraps. And, and so we'll be kind of watching that. But uh, you get rumors and trash talk and all those things all week. Uh, I, I never really thought we'd have a, a guest picker controversy. Though. Uh, that one was, was pretty funny to me, Shay, um, it, it, just the way it all, all kind of played out there.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was weird, uh, and it was like a Pelicans writer who put that out too. So uh, I know folks are amped to see who it is. We are as well. Uh, by the time people are listening to the podcast, uh, obviously they might already know the answer. Uh, whenever LSU or ESPN or whoever releases it, but uh, what that's going to be at eight a.m. is because game day. I feel like it had, maybe in years past it didn't always start at eight, but they expanded it. So uh, an eight a.m. Uh, beginning on the quad uh, at LSU for people who are. Uh, looking to get out there and, and be a part of it. Uh, and I think we did a story on it this week. I'm no weather man. I, I Googled it and, and looked at it through uh, AccuWeather and the Weather Channel. But I think it's 59 degrees at 8 a.m. So uh, no complaints to the, to the folks who want to go out there and put in uh, a full day uh, on campus because uh, you won't be sweating your ass off the whole time. You'll actually be able to enjoy a, a nice cool day as the rain came through this week and push this cold front in.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be it's going to be one of those great days on campus and, and, and we're going to be there for it all for you guys. So so keep it locked on. Go 24-7 for sure. One thing that we're also monitoring, uh, we won't have to really monitor the weather, but certainly on the injury front for me, that's kind of one of the leading storylines leading up to kickoff is, is where will Michael Divinity be, Richard Lawrence, uh, Glenn Logan, Cordell Flott, who looks like he's making a quite the recovery. We know that LSU will be without Terrace Marshall, even though he started practicing. Derek Stingley is fine after missing one practice earlier this week. But Sonny, it, just how big of a boost would it be if Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan can both go and and get into uh, the mix here on on the defensive line?
1: Well, it'd be big because I think uh, you know I think that's the that's the one area that Florida. Has a uh, has a solid. Has, I don't want to say solid, but has a nice advantage over LSU at right now. As uh, you know, but of course, a lot depends on the health. Florida's also battling some health issues. You've got their big defensive end uh, Jabari Zuniga, who is nursing an ankle. Ironically, the same thing that Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan are dealing with also. And then also their buck linebacker, Jonathan Greenard, Uh, that's two of their better pass rushers, two of their better, uh, you know, guys that are going to be playing on the defensive line. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, how much those two guys can go for Florida, because if you take them out of the if you take them out of the lineup, well, then I think that changes the Florida defense. Uh, You know, that's a pretty they're a pretty big dynamic for the Florida defense. But from the LSU perspective, I really like the way Glenn Farrell has been playing this year. I think he is... uh You know that he is playing himself into really being a uh, a prominent defensive lineman next year for his senior year, and Braden Fajoco is probably playing as good as he has since he's been at LSU. With that said, you know if you can get Rashard Lawrence, who I think has a much better chance of playing and giving you more significant snaps than Glenn Logan does, then that just adds a little bit of depth that LSU has not had. uh, You know over these last uh, few games that Lawrence has been out. You know how much uh, how much Lawrence is able to play through the pain uh, that he's still experiencing in his ankle I think that's going to be a little bit of a uh, you know a little bit of a storyline to see if he can push through in a big game of this magnitude but Ed Orgeron has stated that he thinks that being able to stop the Florida run game is the biggest thing I think whichever team is able to protect the quarterback and whichever team is able to have a bigger impact at rushing the quarterback that that's going to be the big difference here
2: Sonny, I'm with you, I, and I don't know if Orgeron was just being kind or, uh, or kind of just you know looking to say we got to stop their run game or anybody's run game to find success. But look, I think if you look at the stat sheet from last week, right? Florida beat Auburn. Auburn is known to have a very good defense. Uh, P. Ryan, their running back, Florida's running back, obviously uh, ran for uh, a little over 100 in that game. I think he was at 120 something yards uh, in that game. If I'm mistaken, my apologies. But uh, the point of why I'm saying that is that. At the end of that game, when it was only a couple-point game, Florida was ahead, but Auburn was obviously still very much in it. Um, they had Florida was trying to work out uh, really the shadows of their own goalpost, and they ended off to Piran, and they hit him right at the line and don't tackle him. And then he gets to the second level, and he goes right to the sideline, and the guy, one of their DBs, uh, tries to make a diving play instead of just trying to chase him down or anything like that, and he misses a tackle. And then Piran runs at 88 yards, so 88 of your 120 something came on one play where you missed multiple tackles. And had Auburn gotten a stop on that drive, they would have gotten the ball back with what four or five minutes left, or whatever it was, and you know, been able to go down and kick a field goal, or been able to go down and score a touchdown, or, or whatever it would have been. And obviously, the P. Ryan touchdown put it out of reach for them. Uh, but my point there is I'm with you. I think that I'm not overly concerned about Florida's run game. I think that sure, they can run the football a little bit on LSU if they try to stay committed to it. but With this, it's going to be tough, right? Like, how do you stay committed to running the football if you're losing? And it's so weird for us to keep saying it, but this you've got to keep up with this LSU offense. And I know that, I guess, Texas would be the best defense they faced, obviously. And they were down some guys in that game. They didn't play incredibly well on defense in that game. But I think that's more of just a common theme for teams that are playing LSU right now. It's just tough to stop them. Uh, Because they do so well throwing the football. They throw it quickly. Uh, And I think that's the good thing, right, uh, guys, is that, as Sonny said, whichever team's protecting their quarterback better is going to give that quarterback some time to throw the football. And is probably going to end up putting themselves in a really good position to win the game or stay in the game. In Florida's case, you would assume. Uh, And LSU's done well uh, protecting Joe Burrow. And they don't sit back there forever. They kind of have this quick passing game. And he's also been good on deep balls, as good as anybody in the SEC. But, you can throw it out there to Chase or, um, or Justin Jefferson. And, and we saw Derek Dillon get involved and obviously Thaddeus Moss. Um, but I, I really feel that LSU's O-line has answered the call this year. And I look at Florida's O-line and they have one returning starter. It's a major issue for them this year. They haven't played well. And Kyle Trask, who has not started a road game since he was 14 years old. It's a well-told story now. He was obviously the, the backup to Derek King at Houston. Uh, while he was in high school and then he went to Florida and he's been a backup there and got in now that um, Felipe Franks got injured and, and maybe he's an upgrade from Felipe Franks. Uh, I think some Florida fans believe that to be the case. And um, I wouldn't say that they're lying, but I'd also say that if you're going into tiger stadium for a 7 PM game and you're going on the road as a starter for the first time since, you know, seven years or however long it's been, if he's a 20 something year old now that's tough. And when you don't have an O-line that's played well, when you've thrown a couple picks, which isn't a ton, but he puts the ball on the ground a lot. And and so does Florida. And if you're turning the ball over more than once, twice against LSU, they're going to outscore you because look, guys, we've talked about it. LSU always, Orgeron always preaches turnover differential. They haven't been that great at that this year. The defense doesn't have a ton of takeaways until the last game, really against Utah state. And even then nobody beyond Texas has come close to keeping up with LSU. So uh, I'm with you. I don't really think that uh, the biggest issue is stopping Florida's run game. I think it's just going to be score points on offense and make Kyle Trask beat you, and I think that's going to put Florida in a situation that's not too desirable.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, Shay, that you mentioned the uh, that some Florida fans actually feel more, you know, better about having Kyle Trask. And if I'm a Florida fan or if I'm Dan Mullen, I absolutely would want Felipe Franks in this situation right here. Franks I think gives him a little more you know gives him a little more mobility than what Trask brings to the table and it's hard for me to go back and think of a Mississippi State quarterback that Dan Mullen had that he was successful with that couldn't at least make some plays with his feet, you know, couldn't extend plays moving around in the pocket a little bit and when you look at trask he didn't bring that to the table even before he got suffered the knee injury against auburn now how much that knee comes into play remains to be seen but it's hard for me it's hard for me to see him taking the shot that he took last week having to put that big knee brace on then coming out after a week once some swelling sets in and then being able to uh you know being able to make plays if lsu is able to get that pass rush that that we both alluded to and and for me that for me that's why that's why i think getting michael divinity back having caleb Von chase on as close to 100% as he's probably been all year. Those two recipes right there combined with Kyle Trask and the, uh, you know, in his situation with his mobility and with the knee, that's, why, uh, you know, that's one reason that I feel really good about LSU in this one.
0: Yeah, when, when we were talking with uh, some of our media brethren earlier uh, in the season when, when Felipe Franks went, went down with that ugly injury, a lot of us kind of sat there and said we felt like Florida was maybe a quarterback change away from actually being a a challenger in the SEC. And I I do think – I'm on the opposite end of the the spectrum, I guess, that while it hasn't been – it's his first road start since he was 14 or whatever, but I still think Trask gives him a better chance to win. I just think Felipe Franks, just frankly, uh, pun intended, I guess, uh, just isn't isn't that great? And and yes, he beat LSU last year, but that was in the swamp. I thought Mullen was in a play-calling zone. That I think they were certainly a different team uh, than than they are this year. Um, I I don't think they're going to be able to put up points and, and match LSU. I just think that's it's just not going to happen. And and like Jay said, we we haven't seen anyone keep pace with LSU, and and even then, it kind of took you know Texas scoring you know late, and then. Yeah, to, to make it that once score game where the where the onside kick came down, you know, it came down to that kind of to to seal that win. But um, look, I, I just when you look at the offenses around the SEC and, and what what Florida did to Auburn defensively was very impressive. But no one's sitting there saying that Florida is is similar to, to LSU offensively, whether Bo Nix has been off to a great start, at least leading up to that game. Um, or not as a, as a true freshman, he just that offense didn't really show anything, in my opinion, in that game. That that shows me that they could keep up with LSU's, regardless of kind of what the injury uh, aspect of, the, of LSU's defense has been uh, this season. So, uh, with that, enough kind of injury talk on on uh, how this game is impacted by that, at least for LSU's defense. But look, we're going to take a quick break. I do want to plug our promo that we have going on right now at Go247.com. We've got 60% off annual subscriptions right now for new subscribers to join Go247. Just a little bit under $4 a month, you can get all that VIP access to the visitor list, recruits reacting, and uh, also, I'll plug this on the basketball side of things, just dropped a huge tiger rap-ish uh, type of piece with, with notes on just about every prospect that LSU is in on on the basketball front, multiple five-stars, official visitors, and a class prediction piece. So you can get a ton of uh, the VIP content uh, on the cheap this weekend as that promo uh, is running all weekend. So definitely check that out. But with that, we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We're going to come back and on the other side of the break, talk a few keys to the game, what else you need to do to win, and share some predictions. So we'll be right back on the Go 24-7 podcast right after this.
2: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. We might just shout you out on Twitter for leaving those ratings and reviews. Back to LSU, Florida, 7 o'clock Saturday night, Tiger Stadium. Awesome, awesome matchup. Uh, there's going to be certainly a ton to digest and and look at post game, but going into this one, I think it's a fairly simple game plan for LSU. I, I think getting Joe Burrow into a rhythm early on, like they have so many times, and and for me, when LSU came out against Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt goes right down the field and scores, and LSU just responded and immediately took over the game offensively. That's what. I want to see from LSU going into this one. I want to see them come out B-sharp. I thought they were a little off their game to start that Utah State game, and lo and behold, they still rolled up 600 yards of offense and, and won 42-6, to got by that one. This is one where Joe Burrow has a chance to really write his his initial Heisman Trophy resume. It seems like that Texas game was so long ago, and, and now we're into October and, and certainly the next month. And really, a week with the Alabama game, or next month, almost to the day, we'll, we'll write that story for him. So for me, Joe Burrow getting into a rhythm, having a number another dominant day, is, is the big key. Uh, what 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 say you, Shea? Or what say you, Sonny? You 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 got you got one that really stands out to you?
1: No, I I, I agree with you hundred um, percent. You know, and, and that's why I don't think Florida has the firepower to be able to keep up with LSU in this one. When you look at the spread, who knows what it'll be on Friday, but at Thursday, you know, it had gone anywhere from 13 to 14 and a half points throughout the week. And, and I think that's what Vegas sees. I don't, I don't, I, I think Vegas, doesn't feel like florida has the firepower to be able to match the point production that lsu can throw up like texas can and that's to me that's why you see such a uh, you know such a big discrepancy when you're talking about a number five and a number seven ranked team hooking up uh, very rarely do you see that big of a spread and so joe burrow's ability to, to go out to move this offense and to continue to put up record setting numbers. And LSU offense, the offensive line, its ability to protect Joe Burrow and give him time to make those plays. You know, it's going to face a, a lot more pressure with Todd Grantham. The good thing is, facing Todd Orlando's defense at Texas, that kind of gave them a, a taste of what Todd Grantham will bring to the table with some of his blitz packages, with throwing different looks at him and things of that nature. But I think, you know, we talked about the pass rush right after the pass rush. It's, you know, Joe Burrow has to, you know, continue to make the plays that he's made. And I really think that this is a game right here to where you're going to see him do more off of the read option.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to just say, look, I, I echo what y'all say. I mean, and so many people have asked, is this the week John Emery breaks out? Is this, you know, what who's going to be the third receiver for me? It just comes down to get Joe Burrow going and throw it to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. That right there has carried you already through a hand, you know, the start of the season. Now, obviously, Terrace Marshall was really good, and uh, it's tough to replace how well he was playing. Not that they can't replace it. Uh, Derek Dillon played well last week. They'll use Thaddeus Moss more. Um, but look, I mean, uh, we saw the Texas game. You play a good team, and as Sonny said, maybe this Todd the Todd Orlando defense preps you a bit for Grantham. That game, they said, OK, let's give it to Clyde Edwards-Elair. He can be our running game. I think at this point in the season, they feel a little bit more comfortable now with playing Emery and Davis-Price in some spots. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to look at the stat sheet. And if LSG wins, the people who played well are going to be Chase, Jefferson, Burrow, and Edward-Elair. And I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, and, and for me, w- looking at what, what Emery and, and Ty Davis-Price did last week against Utah- State really getting a lot of, lot of looks and, and been working more and more. I think that's a great thing. I think it's a huge positive when you look at down the stretch when they're going to need Clyde Edwards-Elayer to be fresh and, and be ready to go and, and not banged up or you know having to be a workhorse for this offense. That'll just kind of help facilitate a little bit more um, of the pressure coming off the offense. And, and you'll get Terrace Marshall back for the stretch run. Could be the Auburn game. Definitely the Alabama game at this point. And, and those things will kind of alleviate pressures on these guys that are having to step up right now. But I'm with you. I I mean, uh, Derek Dillon, great to see him get involved last week. That was a big positive. He had been banged up at times throughout the year. And now they can just look to their big guns and Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson and say, okay, you guys, we're going to need you this week because Florida does have a good secondary and and, and they can certainly – um, make a, a talented group kind of look, you know, average. But I don't think that's going to be the case this week. We just haven't seen, and I don't think we, I don't think we've seen the entirety of this offense yet. And and I mean, I go back to um, I forget which game it was, but it might have been the opener. But they ran that screen pass at the Saints run it with Michael Thomas at the at the goal line, and people were just kind of like, Oh my gosh, I know that play, I know that play, I watch the Saints all the time. I still think they're they're still working in more and more of this offense, and. And this is probably the first game where they're going to go out there and maybe have to use a little, little bit more than they have had to throughout the year. But uh, that's a good thing. That's a positive. And, and some new wrinkles, I think, are in the fold uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned the you mentioned the Florida secondary, uh, you know, they the amount of passes that Florida's defense has picked off. The- year is really uh i want to say it's a dozen right now and they're the only they're one of the only teams in the fbs ranks to have four guys on defense with two picks on the year you look at their cornerbacks cj henderson marco wilson uh cj henderson last week he 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 really started to kind of, uh, you know, play like the player that everybody thought he was going to be going into this year. NFL scouts, they like him. They like his size, 6'1, 200 plus pounds. And, um, you know, those two matched up against Jefferson and Chase. It's going to, those are going to be some good battles and those are going to be some good matchups. I think this is a game that you look at and you say, boy, we would love to have Terrace Marshall in there. Obviously, any game you would like to have him in there, but he would create such having that presence presence in the lineup and in in running every route would create so many problems for a defense that's already having to worry about two guys and you throw a third one in there and it would it really just muddies that picture a little bit as far as how you attack that offense and and what you do with it but I'm with you Derek Derek Dillon has played well Racy McMath uh, really played well against Vanderbilt not didn't get as many touches against Utah State obviously he missed the first half uh, with his uh, with his suspension, for uh, or not suspension, but being kicked out of the, the Vanderbilt game. But is this a game that you really see LSU utilize the time? Type- Stephon Sullivan, Thaddeus Moss. Uh, we've seen him have some stretches. Moss coming off his big, biggest game against Utah State, but the tight ends are going to be some interesting matchups for me because Florida has one of the best in uh, in Kyle Pitts and how LSU chooses to defend him. If it's Jacoby Stevens, if it's the linebackers, I think he's going to pose a uh, you know that he's going to pose some mismatch problems. Shay,
2: I think that. For the reason you said, and not that they're not going to rely on Jefferson and, and Chase throughout the day, and, and those guys will probably be following him around. Uh, whether you know, no matter if Jefferson's in the slot or on the outside, uh, he'll have those guys kind of tracking him. But their linebackers are not this the strength as much as their DBs are. So for that reason, or do you try to get Thaddeus Moss more involved, as you said? Uh, and I'm with you. If you're trying to slow down pits or any good tight end. I'm putting Jaco- Jacoby Stevens on him again. And I know you lost Todd Harris, and you like using Stevens at safety. And, you know, you've got to then pl- be playing someone beyond Grant Delpit there, whether it's Cam Lewis or whether it's Eric Monroe or uh, or whoever you might have back there, Kerry Vincent, if he plays some safety. And look, with Jacoby Stevens, I look back at the A&M game a year ago or, you know, at the end of last season, and uh, he followed around arguably in Sternberger, one of the best tight ends they faced all season and, and did great across – four quarters and seven overtimes or whatever it was. And uh, it was clear then that uh, even as a safety, he can match up and and all night and run with the guy who uh, is an athletic, big bodied tight end and, and is really instrumental in the passing game. So uh, I do, I think that I'm, I'm interested to see how, you know, because Trask a quarterback on the road uh, who's not started a road game before the tight end becomes your best friend. And uh, in a game like this, how does a to counter that? And I won't be surprised at all. If, if they rely on Stevens heavily, uh, and we'll see kind of who they can use at safety beyond Delpit and obviously Stevens, but uh, I would kind of I would understand and, and certainly agree if they put three safeties on the field and move Stevens down into the box or, or have him covering a tight end throughout the game.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great point on Jacoby Stevens, and and we've seen Grant Delpit step up last weekend with an interception. We'll see if he continues to kind of take his game back up to where uh it it was last year and Jacoby said something interesting this week he said look people aren't seeing the statistics with with Grant Delpit this year but you know what so many people just don't go at him don't you know send send the ball his way and so uh it is something where he's not getting maybe as many opportunities to flash this year and I do think his play dropped off a little bit from what the expectations were going in but for him to get that interception last week, I think that was big. So I'm I'm interested to see if Grant Delpit has a big game this weekend and kind of continues to assert himself as as one of these premier, which he is, defensive players in college football. But in terms of having a, a massive impact, we just haven't seen it as much this year. So I, I want to see him uh, make his make his mark felt on this game, um, fellas. I think it's time for predictions. Uh, what I, I to be honest. Haven't really thought too much about this. So, Sonny, uh, Shay, let, let's go with Shay first. Uh, you, you want to uh, weigh in with, with the prediction here?
2: Yes. And then y'all can just copy what I think, obviously. Um, I'm with uh, as Sonny said it earlier in the podcast, but Vegas all week had this game at 13 and a half, um, hovering in that. I don't really think it had much movement at all. Um, and that tells me, and, and look, I, I love to say it, and everybody does, they've got a bunch of big, expensive buildings out in Vegas for a reason. A lot of people making a lot of money for a reason. It's because they're more often than not, they're right, and, and they're spot on. And um, I think this, I think LSU is at least two touchdowns better than Florida. I just believe that to be the case. We said it throughout the podcast today. I think the theme of this game is going to be the theme of what LSU season has been so far, and that's. If you're going to beat them, then score as many points as they do. And and I know, obviously, the team that scores more is going to win. But uh, what I mean by that is this offense has not shown any signs that they can be slowed down yet. Now they're not invincible, obviously. They can have rough days. But even when Burroughs turned the ball over early in games, which has happened multiple times, he's come back and let's Texas is a prime example. You know, he they get a big goal line stand, the momentum kind of shifts, and he gets the ball bad, he throws a pick, and Texas is right there. Uh, knocking on the door again. How do you respond? He's lights out, doesn't faze him. Uh, The receivers have caught the ball so well. The offensive line has blocked more than well enough uh, to give Burrow time this year. Uh, And obviously, now that you brought along your two freshman running backs, you've got a guy you trust in Edward DeLair. The pieces are all there. Uh, And I think they've continued to play better on defense. I don't think defense is a glaring issue, especially against Florida. So give me 30-something to probably in that, 17 to 20 range I'll say 35 to 20 um, and LSU covers and and maybe they score more than that 35 might be low but uh, point being I think that I don't think this one's going to be close and I won't be surprised if even by the second quarter LSU's got themselves a 10 point lead uh, and hold that the rest of the way which it sounds so funny to say this game is you know this series has always uh, been tight and but we just aren't used to seeing a Florida or excuse me an LSU offense like this and It's not your normal Florida team where, um, yes, they have speed, but I just don't know if they have the playmakers, as Sonny said earlier, to keep up with LSU. So give me, I don't know, 35 to 20 or 38 to 20, something in that range.
1: Yeah, I've been asked – my boy soccer coach asked me early on in the week. uh, He's a huge LSU fan and stuff, and he was like, give me a score, give me a score. And I told him then, I said, all right, give me 34-13 LSU. (laughs) And from that point on, all week, I, I've tried to I've tried to find reasons, I've tried to find things to point to, to tell me that it's going to be a closer game than this. And I keep going back to to Kyle Trask making it that first start in Tiger Stadium on the road. His knee, his mobility, mobility not great in the first place. Florida not really having a strong run game that they can lean on if the pass is not working. Dan Mullen not having a mobile quarterback. Florida still – Florida having some some guys on defense who are difference makers that you need in a game like this, but that aren't 100 percent. And – Every time that I look for a reason that this game is going to be closer, I just keep going back to this 34-13 to I just don't see Florida being able to have the firepower to be able to uh to match points with LSU. Now, if something you know, God forbid that Joe Burrow goes down, but for me that's the only way that I could see this game not being a multiple score outcome for LSU. I think Joe Burrow is Too focused that he is wants a lot of revenge against what happened in the swamp last year because he thought he thought that he was going to be looking at another Auburn game to where he leads LSU on this last drive comeback. Then he had to pick six. Then he was picked off again. So the game did, uh, yeah, you know, certainly did not end the way that he would have liked. And I really think that he's going to go into this game taking it personal and 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 look at and not necessarily look at the numbers that he put up, but know the way that he played and the number the numbers that he produced and how he played, and that he's just going to get out there and that he's going to really have a fire lit under him for this one. So for me, put me down for thirty four to thirteen. Uh, like I said, I just can't. Point to something that tells me Florida c- can uh, you know can stop the LSU offense and match its firepower
0: great points, guys. Um, it, and Sonny, I will say uh, Barton Simmons on the 24/ seven sports college football show said the exact same thing you did I'm that he was looking for reasons to to say, okay, this one uh, you know it's going to play out differently than what the experts are saying or what have you because when you see a line like this, that's exactly what you say. You say, "What do they know?" I mean, is Florida's whole offensive line out, and it's starting walk-ons? I mean, what, like, what could possibly in a game that has been decided by eight points or less in the last five meetings? How can all of a sudden this LSU offense mean that much that it's going to be a blowout? Really, I mean, in the SEC and in this type of a matchup and a rivalry, a two-touchdown win would be a, would be a blowout. Um,
2: I, I think, what? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, please. No, I, I think you're dead on, right? Because all year people have said, man, look, these teams are all ranked in the top 10 or whatever, but there's a drop off between the top six and everybody else. I think now we see it's a 14 point drop off, right? Like between five, six, and then everybody else. Yes, Florida is seven, but they're a 14 point dog. And I think, being at home helps a little, sure, but yeah, I, I'm with you too. I, and I hate to interject, but I think that's what we're seeing right here. I think that the four, five, six best teams in the country are about 10 or 10 points or more better than everybody else.
0: Yeah, and and, and look, when you put it kind of like that in, in that, okay, well, they're 10, 10, 12, 14 points better, it it doesn't seem like a ton, but in the SEC, that, that's a lot. And And so I think I'm – I'm rolling with LSU to cover. I, I'm v- I'm very confident LSU is going to win. I'm not really concerned with with that as much. I just I haven't been high on Florida all year, and and they just they they put, had a great game plan for Auburn and and a true freshman quarterback and and made him look like uh, one in in that game. But this is Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy candidate. He's looked the part all year long, and and I I don't. I don't see why he's not going to on, on Saturday night. I've got – I'm going to go LSU 45, Florida, Florida 27. So, they'll get a couple field goals. They'll get you know, three touchdowns, maybe a garbage-time touchdown. But I don't think this one's going to end up being that close. I think LSU is going to come out ready to roll. And and um, I, I think the management of Al Ed has kind of managed some of these injuries throughout the year is going to allow somebody like Divinity to be ready to go and, and get more snaps out of Lawrence and, and and Logan, potentially Logan, than maybe they were counting on uh, had they tried to battle through uh, Utah State or what have you. But um, I think Kalevon Chasson has a big night, and, and, and LSU is able to to really stymie Kyle Trask and, and them for the most part. Maybe a blown coverage type of touchdown from them. But this one's not going to be close. I, I, it just i like joe burrow i like what this offense is all about and and so i got i got lsu i guess i'm going to roll with him uh winning big
1: i think that's a good pick billy uh the uh you know put putting up 45 it's hard to even think of you know imagine lsu that this game being um you know this far apart. And it takes me back to, uh, to the game where uh, you know, we've seen the, the, the memorable fake kicks and, and everything that has happened between this series. And it seems like the last time that there was this big of a discrepancy um, you know, between the two teams, at least as far as picks and things like that, it goes back to when Brad Wing made that, uh, made that famous punt return and LSU rolled up about 40 points or more on him uh, during a day game in Tiger Stadium. Being a night game like this right here, you know that atmosphere – is And the energy is going to be out of this world, and uh, I just can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an absolute treat on Saturday night. We've talked enough about it. We are going to really, really enjoy covering this one on Go247. Ton of content on the site. Swing by. Check it out. Again, take advantage of that promo deal, 60% off annual subscriptions. Uh, really, I mean – you can't really beat it. I mean, less than four bucks a month. So check it out. 60% off annual subscriptions. All the VIP content you could watch or want and uh, enjoy watching the game this weekend. Have a cold one. Whether you're tailgating or on the couch, stop by, go 24-7, talk about it with us. And uh, we will bring you guys all the coverage of this LSU-Florida mega matchup. College game day hits Baton Rouge on Saturday. We're going to have a great time covering it. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Shay, Sonny, thanks for joining. And everybody have a safe but awesome weekend uh, watching the Tigers battle the Gators.
2: The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you
0: to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side.
2: A new rain is coming to the South Side.
0: Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit
2: ParamountPlus.com slash Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.